Chapter 12 of The Lonely Lady in Grosvenor Square. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square by Mrs. Henry de la Pasture. Chapter 12 the party in the picture gallery hewitt pounded the echoing stone staircase with considerate deliberation and ushered the duke into the middle of three communicating saloons on the drawing-room floor the tapestry chairs and sofas had been uncovered and the great folding doors had all been thrown open so that a long broad gallery was formed brilliantly lighted and hung with pictures from end to end the music-room was the largest of the three lofty and spacious saloons and the little figure in black seated behind a low table and a streaming urn at the far end of the gallery looked quite a long way off and very solitary but jean came hurrying forward between the long lines of full-length portraits and greeted her cousin warmly on the threshold of the music-room i had the furniture uncovered and the curtains drawn and the lights turned on all for you she said delighted so that you can look at the pictures or play on the piano or whatever you choose mrs dunham was so kind about it she said everything should be arranged properly just as though we were giving a party it is very kind of you to invite me to your party he said laughing though i am afraid now i come to think of it that i invited myself i am at home like the duchess said jean seriously and i am very glad you have come do you know she looked round her a little fearfully it was rather ghostly before you came with these ladies and gentlemen watching me from the walls all lighted up and looking so lifelike i felt a little as if i were really giving a party and as if only dead people were at it you may imagine how nice it was to see a real live human being come in it feels quite different now even if one's voice does echo through the rooms more than one could wish you must be very lonely indeed living by yourself in this big house said the duke wonderingly i am getting used to it and i do not mind nearly so much now that i sleep on the top floor close to the maids when first i came they put me in the corner room there she pointed to the closed doors behind her quite by myself on this story i was dreadfully nervous at night though less nervous than i should have been if i had known that all the manes of orset who ever lived were lining these walls trying to stare through their shrouds she shuddered slightly i am sure it is bad for you said the duke isn't there some one who could come here and take care of you you look much too young to be here all alone it is my duty to take care of the house and the furniture and i am only alone till louise comes home she said wistfully i am waiting waiting always waiting for him sometimes it seems very long how do you occupy yourself said the duke accepting the tea and the cake she offered i don't occupy myself very much she answered honestly you see i am accustomed to a very different kind of life cousin dennis i have always lived on a farm and helped in all kinds of household work and here there is nothing of that kind to be done so i am very dull and unoccupied but there are other kinds of work besides farm work said the duke in a tone of gentle raillery she shook her head i have found none you read i tried said jean as soon as the bookcases were unlocked 
but you have no idea what dull old books they are all f's instead of s's and most difficult to understand mrs dunham says aunt caroline used to subscribe to a circulating library but uncle roberts would be so shocked at my reading novels and i felt too i might be getting the wrong ones without louise to guide me he used to send me books sometimes but i know those almost by heart he sent me cheap editions of what he says are classical standard works and yet delightful to read in poetry and when he went mad over cyrano de bergerac he's always enthusiastic over some book or other he sent me a copy of that and implored me to read it but my french is so very bad you could improve it he suggested i finished my education at sixteen said jean quite seriously you see she explained i shared cecilia's lessons at the rectory till she was eighteen and then she married so of course the governess went away and i could learn no more i don't believe she knew french very well herself either then i should be the more inclined to take lessons now said the duke always with the same sound of raillery half amused half tender in his voice but i am twenty-five said jean so am i but i am still very busy learning things i don't know she smiled i never thought of it i never heard of people taking lessons at twenty-five think of it now and i will if you like find somebody who will be very glad to give you lessons thank you cousin dennis it is an excellent idea said jean gratefully and it will help to pass the time till louise comes home do you think i could learn to speak it really well before june i think you could learn a great deal how glad louise would be he knows it very well indeed but then he is so clever at languages he worked at french and german with all his might when he was cramming for sandhurst but i am clever at nothing and though i boast of my french descent i scarcely know a dozen words of what should be my native language london affords plenty of facilities for most studies said the duke if i were you i should lose not a moment but begin at once whilst i had so much time on my hands i noticed yesterday you were fond of music can you play not a note i am afraid i am rather glad it is so much better not to play at all than to play a little said the duke whimsically but you can sing oh yes i can sing but not like the lady who sang at your concert heaven forbid said the duke with great fervour still as i played to you at my party i hope you will sing to me at yours i know more hymns than songs said jean but i can sing rock me to sleep mother and we are coming sister mary and one or two songs like that if you don't mind my singing without an accompaniment i hoped you would let me accompany you but i have no music i think i can manage to improvise if you sing nothing very difficult he said smiling she looked at him respectfully now feeling sure that he must be a genius it is very easy to sing in an empty room i find said jean when the last echoes of her clear soprano voice had died away the duke sprang from the music seat and took her hand impetuously cousin jean promise me you will never take any singing lessons i did not know i needed any said jean astonished and without any idea of the depths of ignorance she thus naively revealed he laughed and laughed again but always with the same kindness almost tenderness in his blue eyes which made his laughter pleasant to hear is it bad my singing she asked laughing in sympathy and without any anxiety as to his reply 
to jean there were but two kinds of singing one was in tune and one was not and she knew she sang in tune it is charming that is why i should be so sorry to see you learning to make faces and produce your voice properly you sing like the peasants in italy naturally only not through your nose as they do you sing like a thrush in the fields or a lark in the sky without any effort or a thought and your voice is as sweet and true as your heart oh cousin dennis said jean rather shocked and yet half pleased i could not have said all that you know if i had not been your cousin said the duke with his funny little bow you are not angry with me for saying it i hope how could i be angry it sounded very very nice only rather poetical said jean blushing he did not answer this but turned to the piano again and his fingers presently wandered into an old melody which he took as the theme of an improvisation and played rather stormily throughout the removal of the tea things by hewitt and william on tiptoe and now for the pictures he said i cannot tell you much about them said jean rather sadly for though the names of the people are written on the backs of all the portraits luckily they are much too heavy to move and no one is left who knows anything about them now aunt caroline is dead except mrs pyke and mrs dunham thinks she is getting rather childish they didn't dare tell her even about the uncovering of the pictures if i were you i would not have them covered up again it is not usual to cover up pictures suppose one of the more valuable ones were cut out of the frame why no one would be any the wiser such things have happened i will certainly keep them uncovered said jean in alarm aunt caroline had a mania for covering up everything even her hands she thought of the white kid gloves mr valentine said that some of these paintings were very valuable indeed but that some were only copies of great pictures here are two fine van dykes said the duke pointing out a cavalier marnie and his dame and that must certainly be a sir joshua i saw some wonderful dutch landscapes as i came in did you like them said jean surprised i thought them very ugly though she could tell her cousin dennis so little about the pictures it apparently appeared that he could tell her a great deal he recognized the work of the various artists and was evidently delighted to examine it in detail she followed him from one picture to another in great amaze louis knew nothing about pictures do you really mean you don't like this dutch merry-making he cried this is jan steen look at the peasant's homely faces overflowing with satisfaction or this old schoolmaster by van ostade or this charming courtyard with the light streaming through the doorway of de hoogie it is all greek to me she said honestly but i see that when one looks into them they grow more interesting i like better the pictures in the last room oh this painting of a village street is one of those which mr valentine told me were so valuable it is a hobbema said the duke instantly he tore himself away but reluctantly from the dutch collection and followed jean to the last room which contained a few copies of famous italian works and a landscape of corros on the end wall it was not however to these that jean directed his attention but to the pictures which crowded both sides of the gallery here were displayed examples of english modern art in oil and water colour genre pictures and landscapes painted by the most famous artists of the day and crowded together in very inartistic confusion true to her principles poor miss caroline marnie had spent all her superfluous income in bringing the family collection of pictures up to date 
i like these by far the best said jean lifting her brown honest eyes to the duke's face and more especially do i like the landscapes because they seem real to me and true to nature and i can understand them she showed him the miniatures of her french ancestors and told him the sad little story of their lives and deaths and the time sped so quickly that when cousin denis at last remembered to look at his watch he found it was almost dinner time and rose full of confusion and apology to take his leave time flies so fast in company sighed jean what shall you do now when i leave you he asked i shall go down and have my dinner i am obliged to have late dinner every night said poor jean oh mrs dunham says it would give the servants nothing to do and be very bad for them you dine alone quite alone are you always alone at meals he cried compassionately up to the present i have been but on saturday cecilia and her husband are coming to dine they could not come before she explained because mr hogg watson had not a free evening is that hogg watson the lecturer i heard him the other night he is very clever you seem to know everything and everybody said jean with great admiration i cannot think how you came to know so much about pictures i know very little but you see i am debarred from the active amusements fellows of my age usually have to distract them so i've had to find my interest in other things travelling art music and so forth he said in a matter-of-fact tone but jean divined that the subject of his infirmity was a painful one i suppose you would not i wonder if you would is it proper to ask you to come and dine on saturday too said jean wistfully you are so kind you could tell me if i were making another mistake in asking you but when i told mrs dunham about the hog watson's coming she said i ought to have a fourth and make the table even i was afraid she would be rather annoyed with me for letting them come so soon comparatively after poor aunt caroline's death but she said nothing under six people could be counted as a dinner party it could only be a little dinner and it would be a relief to her to think hewitt and william had something extra to do i think it would be exceedingly proper to ask me said the duke promptly and i will certainly come thank you very much thank you said jean joyfully i was so afraid you might be engaged like the professor but i suppose you are not celebrated as he is i will write you a little note and tell you about the time and everything now i shall look forward to it i was feeling rather nervous for i have never been used to late dinner at all till i came here far less asked any one to dine with me but now you will sit at the head of the table in louise's place and perhaps you will be kind enough to frown at me if i do anything wrong with pleasure said the duke and i shall like to get the little note be sure you don't forget to send it i never forget anything said jean in simple good faith as the duke drove home to dress as fast as a hansom could take him he noted in his pocket book the necessity for telegraphing his excuses immediately to the country house where he was engaged to stay for the approaching weekend end of chapter 12